were my church home for several years and you remain unmatched in our community for your commitment and service to our homeless neighbors. You inspire me and anytime I have the opportunity to thank you personally and share with you what is exciting me about our work to end homelessness, I jump at that chance. Uh, as the introduction said, I'm the executive director of Friendship Shelter. I'm not a minister, so anything I say about religion is me and me alone. Um, take that caution. <laughs> I wanted to start today by introducing you to one of your own, um, maybe in a new way, and to ask her to share her story. Vicki, would you come forward? I've known Vicki almost since the day we opened our doors at the city's emergency shelter program, the ASL. Um, and today, uh, Vicki worships with you and lives in one of Friendship Shelter's permanent supportive housing apartments. And I've asked her if she would share her story with you. Hello, I'm Victoria. And as you know, I'm also a member here. I was homeless for close to five years. I became homeless because I was in the industry of real estate. And I gave up my seniority. I gave up my seniority working for a billion dollar profit company because I wanted to take the risk. They gave me no raises. So once I took that great leap, God rewarded me, but I kept losing job after job after job and I've been losing them steady from 2007. So I became homeless and was at the shelter and God blessed me again and now I have a beautiful apartment, like she said. It's very surreal because when you walk into the apartment, the first time I walked into it, after being at the shelter for so long and wondering if I ever was gonna get out, um, I walked in and said, someone pinch me, this can't be where I'm supposed to live. And it's a beautiful place, it's very quiet, there's lots of hawks and birds and uh, of all different kind and nature trail and parks and it's just a very nice place, and I'm very fortunate to be given such a gift. Uh, it isn't always easy for uh, when I'm asked to speak at a church uh, to relate my work and perspective and stories like uh, Vicki's inspiring story to whatever the lectionary happens to be on the day that I'm speaking. But today it's pretty easy to see those parallels and, and, and Mary, who works with us at Friendship Shelter, already did a great job of helping you do that. The community we meet here in this passage is collaborative and supportive to a point where we are told there's not a needy person among them. That sounds pretty awesome to me. How did they do that? Well, that's the rough part. And if you Google Acts 4, 32 through 35, which I do because I didn't go to seminary, so I have to start somewhere, you met with literally pages of very defensive commentary about this passage, assuring us that these particular verses are not as they appear to be an ad for socialism or worse for communism. For example, several sources point out that ownership is not abolished, don't worry. Um, as it would be in socialism, but instead those who retain ownership are willing and called to share. People are giving freely, not as a requirement of the government. Another source is quick to assert that there's no mention of equal ownership here, just a lack of want. Distribution, the passage says, is to each other as they, are, they have need. In other words, these pages seem to be saying, calm down, this is about philanthropy, not socialism. 
you probably don't need those assurances. You're a progressive, homeless-serving, Christian community smack dab in the middle of Bohemian Laguna Beach. Most of the world sees us as communists, right? Uh, but it's interesting that so much of the commentary I found on this passage focused not on what the passage is, but what it is not. I'd like to focus on what it is. This is a story about collective understanding and collective impact. The community described here is of one heart and soul. They have a shared vision and a shared belief system. The Easter story, the one we celebrated so triumphantly last Sunday, is at the heart of this joyous community. The apostles are telling their story with great power, and as a result, great grace was upon them. But shared belief is just part, just the start. This community acts on those beliefs. The result of this power and grace in this story is the sharing of resources and the assurance that no one goes without. We could use some of that in Orange County. In homeless services alone in our county, more than $46 million is spent annually. And yet we're not effective. Vicki waited far too long while our resources went instead to people with simpler needs and more personal, and more personal resources. We favor helping less needy people who can pull themselves up by their own bootstraps over more needy people who may need our ongoing support. We tell ourselves that it's smarter economically to do that. After all, we help those who can most help themselves and we create more wage earners, we create more rental tenants, we create more taxpayers. But that's wrong too. It's far more expensive to keep a highly vulnerable person on the street than it is to house them. The most expensive place a homeless person can spend tonight is in a hospital. The second most expensive place a homeless person can spend tonight is in an emergency shelter, or in jail. The third most expensive place is an emergency shelter. The least expensive place for a homeless person to spend tonight is in their own home, even if we're helping pay for that home. It's at a far less cost than the alternatives. A recent study found that realigning the $46 million we already have in our community on homeless services to better meet the needs of the most vulnerable people that we see could completely solve our problem. We could end homelessness if we realigned our money and how we use it in our system. When I say that, people think I'm being intentionally provocative, and I'm not. The data is there. We could do this. We have the money to completely solve the problem. But economic resources aren't the only things we need to realign. As the community we meet in today, today in today's story has done, we need to create a time where there's not a needy person around us. And to do that, we need other realignments. We own things that we're more reluctant to give up than our money. Today, there's money available for a year-round county emergency shelter. Three communities have lacked the courage and compassion to welcome that program in the way that Laguna Beach has welcomed our emergency shelter. San Clemente is facing that same difficulty. And here in Laguna Beach, we haven't yet found a home for a permanent supportive housing project. We need to give away 
our beliefs that housing should be earned. We need to give away the notion that an addict doesn't deserve a roof over his or her head. We need to give away the idea that a schizophrenic can't be a good neighbor. In my experience, the money, hard as it is, is the easy part. Divesting ourselves of our prejudices, our doubts, and our fears, that's the real redistribution that needs to happen. That's where we do transform a community. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony, and great grace was upon them all. We need to tell our stories of success in housing the most vulnerable. We need to admit our concerns, our misconceptions, and our mistakes. We need to talk about that honestly and not make those who disagree with us feel that they aren't compassionate. Mostly, we need to lay those fears as Christians at the feet of our risen Jesus, trusting his overriding message that loving one another really is the answer to it all. There is where will come the great power and the great grace. Thank you for inviting me to be here with you today. Thank you for loving our homeless neighbors. Amen.